I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Kate and Mike Show. It's special because it's our one-year podcasting anniversary. Happy anniversary, honey. Oh, yeah. Happy anniversary. So this is Kate. This is Mike. And today we are bringing a special episode for you of the behind the scenes of the nitty gritty of how to do a podcast because we figured as our one year anniversary, we'd share what we've learned so far. So while we're not the world's leading experts on podcasting, we do know a thing or two. So maybe we do. I think so. Yeah, no, the questions that came in were great, and I have answers to most of them, and the ones I don't have answers to, you do. Should we talk about our experience this weekend before we dive into this Sure. This podcast episode? We went to our friend Rochelle Sheik and her guy Dee's wedding this past weekend. In It was an hour and a half west of Little Rock on a lake called, do you remember what the lake's called? Lake Wachita, but it's spelled O-U-A-C-H-I-T-A. And we were all on houseboats for four days, three nights, and you could we left a day early. You could stay longer. And yeah, it was pretty remarkable. So literally, just imagine a deserted island in the middle of a lake. You can just picture this, right? And this lake is not... It's part of a... They said it's a national park, but I think it's a... No, it's a national forest. It's it's a a national national forest. forest. Okay, thank you. Yeah. It's a national forest, so there aren't houses along this lake. No. And there aren't, you know, it's not like you go to some of the lakes around here and it's like, you know, house, 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 and the jet skiers and the, you know, water skiers and all that stuff. It's not that. It is like there's nobody there, especially because we were in the off season. Right. And I think the off season, it just after after Labor Labor Day Day or something. Yeah. And it was 91 to 92 degrees. It was hot. It was and, hot. you know, the low was like 75. Yeah, so just imagine a deserted, like a lake with no houses on it. And it was a pretty deserted island. There was absolutely nothing on this island. And then they hosted a wedding. So it was pretty, it was a really special experience to be a part of, I would say. And I'm grateful for that opportunity that we went out there. And we took Penelope, and she had a blast. They brought in everything. So everything had to be brought in by boat. And it was 15 minutes on a speedboat, like a fast boat, just to get back to the marina from where we were. So just think of that. Like, yeah, it was a process. And Um, this was a big wedding. It wasn't like it was like 30 people. No, it was over 100. (laughs) It was was over 100. I think they set up the peak. It was 160. So, and they had every little attention to detail. I mean, they had beautiful, this altar, these different altars and crystals hanging from the trees and dream catchers with gold dipped feathers. And during the wedding ceremony, somebody opened a box and let out a ton of butterflies. And like, it was pretty spectacular. So we just want to say congratulations to Rochelle and Dee. It was really an honor to witness not only you get married, but also just the work of art that was your wedding. It was like a three-day festival, and it was really, it was pretty spectacular, and it was a great reminder that if you have a vision and you commit to it, 
you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like the logistics of this were, I honestly was so sleepy just thinking about planning this wedding. I was <laughs> like, oh my God. But it was amazing. They did it and it was beautiful. And what a way to kick off your relationship. So, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. And just a shout out for those of you in Arkansas, if we have any listeners out there. Yes. And there's a, a company called Wake Zone, W A K E, and Zone. They do luxury houseboat rentals, so you can go to houseboatingarkansas.com for them because they those guys, those guys were, were awesome, and they were the ones that basically made it happen. Truthfully, because if, if it, you didn't have, because they don't live like the two people that were married don't live in Arkansas; they live in New York State. And Rochelle travels all over the world teaching her koya, and so. Yeah, these guys, Wake Zone, are the ones that like got the tent set up, cleared the land, got the locations, got the houseboats there. And if you've never been on a houseboat, it's a pretty cool experience, I would say. So you could have a family adventure on a houseboat. And yeah, you could just rent a houseboat and be on a lake for a week and cook all your food on the... There was a full-size refrigerator and you have a kitchen. Yeah, full-size kitchen. It was awesome. Yeah, and you have a hangout session on the top, the bottom. There's a hot tub on it. There's, there's a slide, there's a water slide. A water slide, bathrooms, those the whole shebang. So they're all set up. So I think a week is probably a little bit too long because it gets stinky, basically. But yeah, I think five days are good. Mm-hmm. I think those are good. It was a great adventure. Yeah. And Penelope did great. It was her first wedding, like, where she wasn't an infant. So that was pretty exciting. Right. She paid attention very little, but it was all good. She was captivated when Rochelle walked down the aisle. She was. And that yeah. was pretty When the cool. people started. It just, it there was a long delay before the wedding started for when we were sitting there. So that was a big thing, was, like, when we were sitting to, you know, Penelope's attention span was, you know, five minutes, and it was longer than that. So, all right, cool. Let's jump into it. So it was okay. really fun. All right, so podcasting. Let's start with the biggest question we got was just about kind of logistical stuff. So what kind of equipment do people need to invest in? What do we use for editing software? You know, kind of like what technology, what sort of equipment and technology do we use? And I'm going to obviously let you answer that question because I just come down here and sit down and record. I don't really, I'm not involved with it. So if you have a desire to start a podcast, technology is like, it's like a crutch that people will use to not get started. So let's just start there where you can record these things with your iPhone, you know? So I'll, re- I'll share what we use for the Caden Mike show. And then I'll also share what I use for project life with Mike Watts, because I am recording. I'm getting ready to start recording episodes again, but what I have used up until this point, because now we actually have a home. I think our equipment will change a little bit because now it's been, we had to create it so it was mobile. We can get it on the go, but now we can actually create a table in our basement that has microphones on it all the time. And Kate really is obsessed with those. If you ever see like radio stations or other podcast people that have the little graphics on them. On uh, the microphone, like the branded microphone. Yeah, the branded I microphone. I want to have a branded microphone for the Kate and Mike show. Yeah, so Kate wants that. So, so look we'll, out for those photos <laughs> on Instagram. Oh, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> anyway, so basically, and I'll share the setup from what we're going to use most likely won't change very much. The one thing I would like to have would be an arm that you can pull the microphone towards you. Right now, like we're on a tripod where we have to sit close to it. So it would be a little bit better to be more comfortable whether we're standing or sitting. And then we have microphones like stationary that are always set up. So we can just plug the recorder in. All right. So for the Kate and Mike show, so if you're recording a solo episode and just by yourself, I use there's a Shure mic, S-H-U-R-E. And 
it's the sure mic for the iPhone. So And of course the list of all these things that Mike is talking about will be in the show notes, which you can get over at katenorthup.com forward slash podcast. Yeah, so it would be sure M V as in Mike Violet eighty eight. And so that mic just plugs directly into your iPhone with the lightning connection. So if you have a lightning connection, then you can just hold it to your mouth and record. You know, it's Easy. pretty pretty simple. I've also used previously a handheld recorder that is in my bag that I don't know what it is. I forget the name of it. But it's basically like a pocket recorder that I've used as well to record episodes because we were having an issue with the mic, but I figured out it was my phone, not the actual microphone. So that is recording if you're using from the technology standpoint. That is pretty easy. You can get any type of recorder and you just take the SD card and I plug it into my computer and then transfer the files over. For the Kate and Mike show, if you go to katenorthrop.com forward slash podcast dash resources, katenorthrop.com forward slash podcast dash resources, there is a, a recording equipment list right there. And we use a Zoom. Right now we use a Zoom H4N Pro, which is a, just a recorder that we plug the two microphones into. And that records it pretty easy. You can just like Google proper settings for voice recording on it. And I also, I happen to know when Kate did her audiobook recording, I just, the woman that was editing her audiobook, I just asked her what the proper settings for these things is. And we set it up that way. And I've never touched it again. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it sounds fine. I mean, I really don't, you know, I'm not an audio We've person. We've never had a complaint about audio quality. No. So, and it does sound good. But there's also another one called a Zoom H6. So if you want to do a... We will most likely upgrade to this because it automatically records four microphones. And we've had a couple episodes with more than two people on them. And I notice a distinct audio issue with recording four people. when Because we were using a splitter and we had four microphones hooked into two ports... And it really messed up the audio. And so if you listen to the Christina Nooner and her daughter Molly, and then also my parents' interview, we had some major issues with the re- audio recording there. It came out okay in post-production, but it was a, it was a problem. So the H, Zoom H6, it's a newer model, and it also you can hook four microphones right into it. So if you think you're going to be interviewing more than one person down the line and you want to do it, it's super easy. You can do, do that. I know people have mixing boards and sound boards and... It can get really complicated and it's not mobile, right? You can't bring like a mixing board with you on a plane just to go to record a podcast with somebody. So if like for what we created, I want to make sure that I can take this anywhere. So that's what we were, our setup is to be able to take anywhere. And honestly, most of this information I'm telling you, I got it from Tim Ferriss. So if anybody like Tim Ferriss has done his research and he's a good dude to pay attention to when it comes to that stuff, because he's going to far try out more things than me. And so from a microphone standpoint, we use these Hamilton tabletop mic stands. They're real it's this is pretty much in, really inexpensive. The most expensive thing would be your Zoom H6 or H like how, H4N. I, how much is So that? I think the H4N, I'll just type it into Google real fast. So just to give people an the idea. The mic stands are like 15 bucks. Yeah, the mic stands are not expensive and then we have these pop screens things. Those so are like 10 bucks. Those are like 10 bucks. So that's not a huge investment. The H4N is one ninety nine. Okay. And then the H6, and this is on Amazon, 
it has like all these accessories and all that stuff. Usually I don't get it with that. So it's three fifty. So it's okay. a little bit more. So it's expensive, um, but it's not like crazy. No, no. You can get so started can on your own couple- podcast for basically like if you just use your iPhone, you can get that little plug in recorder. I think it's a hundred dollars. Yeah. Right. And so you can even use your own you can use your headphones that you talk with all the time. Those I don't recommend just because you beat them up, right? And so you want a you want a microphone that's going to retain its quality. The microphone that we're using right now is a Shure SM uh, Sam Michael fifty eight, and so it's a dynamic voice microphone with a cable, and that plugs into your Zoom. And so what you know, Tim talked about these are microphones that they use at concerts. You know, like musicians use for when they're singing in live concerts in case we feel like serenading you that is correct but i just think it's uh you know if musicians are using it and they're a hundred dollars so that is our setup right now we have our whole setup i'm just kind of doing the math is like 400 bucks yeah ish yeah well two microphones are 200 dollars with the stands plus the mic screens you're talking maybe 50 bucks total so that'd be 250 plus plus the recorders 200 dollars yeah so it's like maybe 450 yeah like 450 so under 500 dollars for ours and it's we've been basically using the same thing for a year for a year Mm because you get a cable your cable comes with the microphone we've been using the same thing for a year and we've traveled with it we put it in suitcases we've taken around the country so yeah that works really well and then if you want to keep it super simple you just get that plug into your phone and you just sit like in a quiet area and you just record for like a hundred bucks. But I would recommend this. This setup is really easy. You know, it's, yeah, it it's, it's, it's even really I easy. can set it up and that's. Yeah. And kind you of set it up and it's cool. I'm not right. A tech genius. Correct. OK, so then once we record the episode, let's tell people what happens from our end. OK, so I would recommend. I mean, we're going to tell you what we actually do, which is great. But honestly, what I would do if you're really serious about this and want to do podcasting, I would go to smartpassiveincome.com. There's a guy by the name of Pat Flynn that runs, he just launched a program called Power Up Podcasting. He really does a great job and he also has free videos on his website. So if you just go to smartpassiveincome.com and type in podcast, there was free videos that he used to have to do. I mean, this is honestly how Tim Ferriss started his podcast, and he has over 100 million downloads. Was learning from Pat Flynn? Yes. He said oh, this. That's yeah. cute. It's cute. So he like called Pat Flynn up, and he talked about it, but really, Pat was like, just watch the videos that are free on my website. <laughs> it's like when I you'll... asked my mother a health question. She's like, it's in Chapter 7 oh, of speaking Women's of this, Bodies, Women's Wisdom. I just went to his website. The enrollment for Power of Podcasting is open to new students until, oh, oh whoops, today. So this oh, is no. This is oh, coming out tomorrow. Yep, yep, coming out tomorrow. Anyway, for those of you that you can prepare for it, we should have maybe you know thought about that. But basically, <laughs> whoops. But I'm sure all his free resources. Hold on, let me. Are amazing. How to start a podcast tutorial for free? Yes. What you need to know to launch your successful podcast, and I would say because Pat Flynn is a fantastic teacher, so I would really just go to his. Now the power of podcasting would be like it's more lessons, more in depth, but really you can start with how to start a podcast. Okay, so what we do is we take the audio, which is on an SD card, those little cards that stick on the side of cameras and stuff, and we upload it to Dropbox, and then we have an editor who edits it. And he goes through and me- measures the volume. How did we find him? We asked friends that had podcast for the editor who they use if he's open to taking on more clients. And he was. So if you happen to know people that are podcasters, ask them how they edit their audio. Our guy is full. Otherwise, we yes. would recommend him. Yeah, our guy's full. I think he is. 
I mean, I can ask him again, but I'm well, pretty Matt, sure. you're listening right now. If yeah. you're not full, put yourself in the show notes. <laughs> yes, Matt. You can insert your own version of your audio here and be like, beep, beep, beep. This I'm- is Matt, <laughs> Mike and Kate's editor. I am not full and dot, dot, dot. Here's yeah, how you no, find you out. Yeah, do want more clients. And then go beep, 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 and then return so to the radio this is, The editing of our podcast is one thing that we do outsource. Yes. And now we don't actually, it's very rare that we'll have Matt edit out something. So yeah, there's very little editing. We start the podcast and we talk all the way through and then we end and he just clips the beginning and the end and make sure the audio is okay. And then the other thing that Matt does is pulls out quotes that we then create. Well, we don't. Our graphic designer then creates into shareables for social media, like, you know, quote graphics and stuff. So that's another thing that Matt does. Mm hmm. So he gets it ready. And what you, to simplify that, there's a program called Lipson, L-I-B-Y-S-N.com. L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Yep, sorry. And so you just... Otherwise, it would be Libison. Libison, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so you basically sign up for an account there. That is like your storage database. That's where all the podcast home base is. Right. And so it's kind of like WordPress or something. It is. Yes, okay. that is correct. And then you can link it back to your website. All of this stuff I'm saying to go to Pat Flynn's because he explains how to do all of this. Right. You need a title. You need a graphic. You can go to Fiverr and find somebody to create you a graphic for five dollars the sizes you need or 99 designs if you want something different. Right. Or have a graphic designer create your artwork that you need. And then that will sync up to and explain exactly how to sync it up to iTunes, Google Audio, all of the players, SoundCloud, the whole Stitcher. shebang, Stitcher Radio, like to so you can get your audio out there. So you upload it to one database and then it sends it out to all of these other channels. And so that makes it really easy. So Lipson also tracks your stats and all of that as well. And then your podcast app on the Apple Music, etc. So that is pretty much it from a how the it's run. So that was a little bit longer. If somebody was going to edit their own podcast, will Pat Flynn's training just tell them how to do that? Probably? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. And you can do it right inside GarageBand okay, if great. you have an Apple. And because I edit a lot of stuff just in GarageBand for our like if we have to do videos real fast, I'll bust those out. Or I don't know what it is on Windows, but there's definitely a program on Windows. Yeah, but Pat Flynn's free content explains exactly how to do all of that yeah but it's not complicated so what i will say is what we really try to do kind of like sticking with the lit is there anything else from a technology equipment standpoint hun that you think you need to explain Mm, but we also just you don't have to do this but we have a second blog set up on katenorthup.com so katenorthup.com forward slash podcast where the episodes have a place to live on the internet you need okay so, so yeah so you'll need like let's say you have you don't necessarily need a blog right you can live you can it can all live on Lipson and you can share that link i know when lance armstrong started his podcast i saw him some i don't know how i i don't really follow lance armstrong but his podcast was out there and he oh it's cuz he had gary v on his podcast he just shared the lipson link the the direct link to Lipson and you could just go listen to it all there. So you can do all of that. You, if you upload it to iTunes, you can just use your iTunes link, but it has, if you're going to put it on your website, it needs to pull from somewhere. And so that's where it pulls from would be that page. Yep. So that's kind of the tech logistics. Now on to the scheduling and sort of just like getting it done logistics. So we had a question come in from Joanna. Hi, Joanna Platt. 
Thanks for being a member of Origin and for asking great questions. So she asked a couple things about one about actually pitching guests and and you know do we send them sample questions and stuff so we'll get to that in a second but just in terms of the logistics like she said how do you capture topics and then how do you decide which topics are worthy of being recorded and then other people wanted to know just how do we stay organized with recordings and getting it all done and everything so i have a we have a google drive spreadsheet like a google sheet that has all of the episodes, the titles, the topics, the guest, if there is one, has it been recorded? Yes or no. Has it been, has the recording been scheduled with the guest? Yes or no. And then when it went live. So that our whole team has access to. And so when it comes to the week, like we're recording this on a Monday and it's actually going out tomorrow, which is very rare. Usually we're at least a week, if not a couple weeks ahead, but we're a little last minute because we were traveling. They can go right to the spreadsheet and have the title and everything so they don't have to track us down and our graphic designer doesn't have to track us down and be like, what's the title for the graphic I'm supposed to be making? So we use a Google Sheet to keep track of everything. And then when we have ideas for future podcasts, I just add them to the spreadsheet under another tab that just is like ideas for future topics. And then we have another tab that's potential guests. So we'll just kind of keep a running list of potential ideas and potential guests. And then when it comes to editorial planning, which we try to do every three months or so, we'll schedule out what the episodes are going to be. So it's not like we're not sitting down on a Monday being like, wait, what are we supposed to record for tomorrow? Because that will make you crazy. So that's how we kind of keep everything organized and capture ideas. We don't have a real science for figuring out which ideas, you know, are worthy of being recorded or not. I definitely like to record podcasts that answer questions that we get a lot. So if we, if I've been noticing within the origin community or on Instagram or something that we're getting a lot of the same question or over email, that's a great podcast episode because obviously people are curious about it. And obviously we try to sync up the podcast with whatever promotions we have going on. So for example, the origin launch is going to be coming up. So some of our topics are going to be having to do with being an entrepreneurial mom and not only just working harder in order to create the success you want, like the different ways that you can create success other than just working harder. So we do try to plan it out and we're getting even better at that. I would say when we first started the podcast, it was sort of this side project and then it's become more and more integrated into the overall editorial strategy of the company over the last year, where now Licia is more on board, our president, who's we're sitting down and talking editorial planning with her and talking about what would be great topics and getting suggestions from the team and stuff based on what they're hearing from our community. With guests, we do try to schedule those quite a bit ahead of time. And Joanna had asked about pitching guests. So, so far, we have had guests on the podcast who we know. So we haven't had to do much pitching other than reaching out to them and saying, hey, would you like to be on our podcast? So I can't say that I'm an expert at this, but, you know, for example, we have some larger audience guests that we would like to invite over time. And one of the things that I know we'll be able to do, and I do recommend this, is leveraging previous guests. So when somebody pitches me to come on their podcast and I see that they've had five people on previously who I 
either love their work or really respect or who I know personally, chances are much higher that I'll say yes to that podcast versus if I am getting the pitch for the podcast and, you know, for example, if they've only had three episodes, I'm probably not going to say yes. Or if I just don't recognize any of the names, I often will not say yes to that. So I understand that when you're brand new, that's kind of like the stuck place of like, well, you need experience to get a job, but you're like, how am I supposed to get experience if I can't get a job? So my recommendation is to, if you can, to show up at events and get to know some people. Because the only reason that we have, at least I'll speak for myself, and actually this is the same thing with you, Mike. We spoke about this in our last episode about community. Mike and I both created pretty remarkable communities by showing up at events and getting to know people. And so I was at an event last weekend or two weekends ago with, you know, with Danielle Laporte and Dr. Shafali Sabari and Lewis Howes. And I got some time to really sit with them and talk. And of course, I invited Lewis on the podcast. And he was like, I would love to. But it wasn't like a re- I knew him already. So that wasn't like completely out of the blue. But we haven't been in touch in years. And I will say like, <laughs> his platform has gotten way bigger since then. So I wasn't sure it was going to be a for sure yes. But the thing is, like, I really recommend keeping your pitches relatively short. And then we did get a beautiful pitch from a woman who did a podcast called "It's The Lemonade Stand." Lori, Lori, somebody. <laughs> the Lemonade Stand, Licia. No, that's the Lemonade Hurricane. Is Lisa's children's book? Oh yeah. Wait, can you do a quick Google of the Lemonade Stand? Lori's Lemonade Stand. What about the kid? No. It was a podcast pitch from a woman that I had not known, and also she hadn't had a bunch of guests that I had known, but sometimes a pitch comes in and it's so heartfelt and so warm and wonderful and so real that I just can't resist to say yes to it. So that was an example, you know, Lori, if you're listening, she just was like really straight shooter from the heart. She talked about why you know, my work has impacted her and why she wanted to have this conversation. And it was very clear from her email. It was short and sweet, but it was very clear that she got who I am and what I'm about. And it wasn't like a blanket pitch. That's the other thing. You don't want to have a copy and paste email that you send to all the people you're pitching. That's just the same thing. Because as somebody who receives those, you can feel it. It feels canned and you can tell this person has no idea who I am nor do they care about my work. They just want me on there because I'm a name. And that feels really impersonal and kind of crappy, (laughs) just to be honest. So those are just some tips. Mike, do you have any other thoughts on pitching? I was actually pitched a while ago and interviewed for this summit thing. And I realized in the process of the... Like, we, she asked me if I wanted to be on it. I said, sure. And I said, yeah, like, I'd love to. And then... What happened was I noticed, I said, what are you going to do when you finish, you know, she was interviewing like 10 or 12 people. And she's like, well, I'm hoping, you know, she wanted a minimum of like the newsletter email had to be over 30,000 people. And like one, and I don't have an email newsletter like myself of 30,000 people. She wanted all these requirements for her guests to have. And I said, what are you going to do with all of this when you're done with it? Like, what's your monetization plan you know it's great to have this free summit etc but what is are you going to monetize is it just free is it what are you going to do and she said oh i'm hoping it's gonna you know this is going to turn into be list growth for herself 
And I was like, well, do you have anything a list now? And she said, no. And I said, wow. I was like, she's literally leveraging all of these folks just to build her own. Well, that is the summit model. I know. But this is what I'm talking about when it comes to pitching. So it was one of those things where I thought, and I thought about this, and the same things with podcasting. Like our episodes, like we just eclipsed 150,000 downloads in a year. You know, I don't even know what does that work out per month. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it was like which a little is a, over ten thousand, which is great. You know, it's like what do we have to compare it to? If I compare it to like somebody like Tim Ferriss, which right. like somebody we are did ask like how are you gauging whether or not it's a success? Right, like that we're stinking if we say like if I'm going to compare myself to <laughs> you know comparing to Tim Ferriss, that guy gets like that per day. You know, like he he's done a hundred million downloads right and i said we've done about twelve thousand five hundred per month approximately which i think that's great we started at zero yeah Worked for me you know and so i th- and so it's like when i look at my our own goals for this we just wanted a place for us to chit chat about life and business and working together etc and a place to share other people's work that we really like and kind of things that are going on so i think that's been successful and I, when we look at what our vision for this was and when somebody goes into it, it's like I would say if you're pitching to other people or want to reach out to have folks on your podcast is there needs to be a little substance behind it for the most part. Like there has to be – you have it's you, you can't start your business today and expect to get – I'll just say Tim Ferriss because we've been using Tim Ferriss for this example. Like I'm not expecting to start a podcast today and have Tim Ferriss as my guest next week. Because then I'm going to feel disappointed if he says no or never answers me because the guy probably – he says it on his website. He gets a 1,000 emails a day. So he just doesn't yeah. respond to everybody, right? So it's like what is the – expect? what do you want from that person? Do you just want to share their work? You know, And it's much more like Kate just talked about. It's yes. like sharing a heartfelt example of how that person's work's changed. We get it a lot. Right? We get these pitches a lot where it's totally canned. Like it comes from their PR person. It's like I love Kate's work is the first sentence, blah, 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 blah. And then the rest of it's like 45 paragraphs of like their vision, their book, what it's going to be. It'll resonate with our audience. All of this stuff comes. I just delete it. Like I don't even respond to the, some of them because I know it's, it's it's being sent to us and 20 other people. And sometimes I write back. It just depends what mood I'm in. Like sometimes I write back because they'll email me directly instead of like info at Kate Northrop. And I'll write back and just be like, thank you so much. We're completely booked. We don't accept guests or right now or something, which is true, actually. Like our schedule is pretty filled up. And we for- do have a policy that we don't accept guests generally who pitch us to be on the podcast. Yeah. Unless um, it's somebody like if Brene Brown wanted If Brene to Brown pitch. pitches herself, she can come on. Yeah. So Brene, if you're listening, so- you're welcome anytime. <laughs> We'd but, love you know, to have it's, you. <laughs> but it is where it's not in I would say here's a situation where that could be not true, what we just said. If somebody shares that how their work, like you just shared this example of Lori's lemonade stand, how your work and what you've put out has impacted somebody to change their life, their business, to create going from nothing to like maybe quitting a job to starting a business or whatever there whatever the situation is that's just one example of it losing weight whatever that may be that's really life changing for them and how it's really affected them and they have they're getting started and what that journey's like like that's a different story versus saying hi I'm 
you know, the PR person for Kate Northrup, and I, she has written this book, this book, this book, and wants to be on your podcast. Well, and that was different because I said yes to somebody pitching me to be on their show versus somebody pitching themselves to be on our show. Right. Which is two different things. Right. But again, there's exceptions to every rule. Like if No, we, but it's not two different things. It's the same thing. Because if like all of a no, sudden... No, I was saying we have a blanket policy where we do not accept people who pitch themselves right. as guests on oh, our got show. It. Okay, yes. We don't have a blanket policy where if people pitch us to come on their show, that's... Got it. Way more often a yes. Okay. It's almost always a no to have guests because we have like 45 guests we have in mind who we still haven't had on. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I would just say from how to do it a little bit is make sure that you're doing it for... Not trying to leverage the guest to get to their audience. Yes. You're that doing is, it because you genuinely want to share their work. That is correct. And you have genuinely been impacted by their work, not because you're thinking, oh, if I have this person on and they share it, that's going to grow my following. That's very self-serving. Yes. And never once have we invited a guest from that perspective. Right. And it's hard. Like when you're brand new starting your business, like you want to, if you're selling a product, like you got, you got to make revenue to keep doors open. You know, if you're starting the internet world, it's right now it's, you know, everything is 24 seven, like every hour news cycles are changing so much. So it's moving so fast, but the long term, like you have to look at it from a long term perspective, right? And so when you're looking this and building your podcast and putting it out there, like Project Life with Mike Watts gets a hundred or so episode downloads per day is what I was getting, right? So that's not a lot, you know. It's not a lot, and if I'm, com- but, but imagine talking but to imagine a group of hundred people a, a day. Exactly. So it's not like a huge number, and that might be. And I look at it. It's in when I ran it for the 153 days straight. It was pretty much the same the whole way. It wasn't massive growth, but I was also not looking at it. I was looking at it for a reason to help myself, and then hopefully the folks with listening would benefit from it. Oh, side note. Hello, Kitty Cavalier. Listener of the podcast Yay, told Katie us you Cavalier. love hit listening to it this weekend when we saw you. So I just wanted to give you a little podcast love I shout love out. That. So that's kind of the guest deal. How we organize it is I usually will just email the guest saying, hey, so far we're only a year in. So far we've only had people on the show who we knew already, except for Danny Shapiro. She was one who I had only met one time. I I hope to one day consider her a friend. At this point, I would consider her an acquaintance. And I was, we were lucky enough to be introduced by Licia, who is a really close friend of Danny. So that was a blessing. And I will say, like, I showed up at her book reading in Portland because, A, I thought, well, all my friends are reading her book. I'm sure I will want to know this woman. But B, like, it really, it really, really makes a huge difference to show up and give someone a hug. And same thing, Dr. Shafali, who wrote Conscious Parenting and the Awakened Family, I had interviewed her for our Myth of Balance event, which you can still get on katenorthup.com forward slash myth. And I know she knew my name, but I had sent her an email maybe at least once since then and didn't get a response, which was totally fine because I didn't really expect that. But once I met her in Toronto in person, she looked at my face and she was like, oh, Kate Northrup. And she kind of put it all together. And she was like, if you ever need anything, please email me now that I've put a name to a face. Like, you know, we made that connection. And it's not like I'm going to be emailing Dr. Shafali for help. Like, you know, she has plenty of things going on. But it was just such a powerful example of 
when you show up in person and you support somebody's work, it really is impactful and they will remember who you are. Okay. So that's the deal with guests. I usually just email them. We schedule a time. We do our our interviews over Skype. For not in person. For not in person. I think Zoom works just as well. Just so far, we've done it on Skype. And it's worked great. We've never had an issue. And so there's a eCam Skype recorder. Yeah, it's like 25 bucks That you can download. Yeah, and it just hooks up to your Skype account. Yeah. So that's what we use. And then we take that Skype file and then put it in the Dropbox folder and then Matt does whatever right. he needs you would, to do to if turn you're it doing into like an a, audio. If you're going to do a video podcast, then you can use the video of that recording. If you're going to do an audio podcast, you can pull the audio out of the video recording. So that's what we do with guests. We do not plan questions ahead of time. As a frequent guest on podcasts, I <laughs> really... I do. I prepare for the interview with some... Like Danny Shapiro, I had a few questions. No, that's true. We but, don't give them questions. But we don't give them questions ahead of time. I will say my number one, it drives me absolutely bananas when I get pitched for an interview and then they say to me, what questions would you like us to ask? And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like, I am not going to write the questions for you. You want me to do your entire job? Um, so I know that makes me maybe sound like a prima donna, but it pisses me off. So please don't ever ask anyone to write their own questions. And I just <laughs> interviewed for, it actually goes out today for Project Life with Mike Watts episode. I'm speaking at this event in Richmond and I interviewed the two ladies and they sent me topics of what they would like to they'd be like, we'd love to cover these Which if that fits wonderful. in because I didn't, you know, I was doing my research on what they actually do, what their business are about, et cetera. But they sent me these questions and we're like, we'd love to cover this because they're hosting this event. So they wanted to talk topics of the event. And I was like, great. That was awesome. And that makes sense. If your guest offers that says like, yeah. here are, you know, it is pretty standard. I will say when my book had just come out, we had preset questions that we gave to media outlets to say, these are some questions you could ask. But that was like a sort of a different situation. And yes, I do absolutely. Before the interview, I say to the guest, is there anything you definitely want us to cover or anything you definitely don't want us to ask about? Because I want to be respectful of that. And then we always clear the time to just say, we like to leave a two-hour window because sometimes our interviews will go over. But I always ask the person, what's your hard stop time? Because I want to be really respectful of their time. We have a long form podcast. We go, you know, we go an hour, sometimes, you know, maybe 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes. I just want to let those people know that ahead of time so that they're not expecting to be on and off in 20 minutes. I think the quality of our conversation can go much deeper that way. So those are some things about guests. And then always when the episode comes out, we email the guests. So Haley, who's on our team, she emails the guests to say thank you so much for coming out with the shareable graphics and a bit.ly link. So a shrunken link that they can link right to the episode and some sample copy if they want to tweet, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. It's certainly not required and I've never resented anybody for not sharing it, but we give that out to people if they do feel like sharing it. And I think that's great. That's about guests. And then I was just going to talk about in terms of us keeping ourselves organized. We do not batch episodes. I know our friend John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire does. He just like batches all of his episodes because he does an episode every single day. So he batches them all. He has like one or two days a week where he just does all his EO Fire interviews. We don't do that. 
we have one day a week where we schedule to record a podcast, which is Wednesday mornings. But the problem is when we travel, that gets really thrown off. So sometimes we get behind. I would say the most we've ever been ahead is four weeks. That's correct. And the furthest behind we've been is like we are today, where we're recording today. But next week's episode is already done. So we are ahead and behind at the same time. (laughs) We just, it's just part of the deal. It's just part of the deal. But I do recommend batching. I absolutely recommend batching so that you can get a couple weeks ahead. I'm about a month ahead on my blog right now for example. And that feels really great because that gives me a little spaciousness to work on some other things rather than thinking, okay, what's the blog going to be for next week? Let's see. Somebody wanted to know about how do you monetize the podcast or how do you fund the podcast? Sponsorships are not something that we've gotten into yet. However, we're totally open to it. If somebody were to pitch us and to say, we'd like to sponsor your podcast, if it was a product that we really believed in, we'd be super, super open to that. So right now, the podcast is not monetized directly, but it definitely is monetized because many people have told us that they've signed up for Origin because they heard about it through the podcast, or they've joined our USANA team, the Freedom Family, because they felt like they know us from the podcast and they trust us. So it does definitely build that know, like, and trust factor because people repeatedly tell us, When I listen to your podcast, I feel like I'm sitting around your kitchen table with you, like having a cup of coffee. I feel like I really know you. And so from a business perspective, while that's not specifically a strategy, it really works because the know, like, and trust factor is huge. When people feel like they know you, (laughs) they are more likely to buy your stuff. And so We have that going for us. And audio is a really interesting medium because it really does build that intimacy. Like usually people are listening while they're walking their dog or driving their car. Like the podcasts I listen to, I do feel like I'm hanging out with those people and it really builds that connection. So while we haven't necessarily like we can't say, oh, we've made X number of dollars from the podcast, we know for sure that it's growing our platform we have made absolutely zero dollars directly from the podcast right yeah zero yeah yeah because we don't have any- but we're open to it so if you're listening and yeah. you own a company who would like to sponsor our podcast but i also don't know because we said we averaged twelve thousand downloads a month so i don't know if that's enough i have you no know? idea i have no idea i would say sponsorship is sort of the next frontier and maybe something we'll look into this year correct but the podcast was really meant for fun for our own personal yeah. enrichment to have something that we created together and right. to grow our audience. She yes. has done all of those things. So that's how we've measured success. Um, and people are listening and our downloads are increasing overall from month to month. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we started, I think, in the first month around 5,000 total uh-huh. downloads. Yeah, I think that's what it was, something around that. And then it's gone up from there. So that's cool. So let's talk about how we get the word out. Okay. Oh, did you have something else you want to talk about? Well, remember last time we said we were going to give something away? It just remembered to oh. the reviewer oh, great. who left a review. Yeah. So I just remembered that. We have to do that. Did what somebody leave a end? review? Somebody did. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So we'll do that giveaway at the end. Yeah. Okay. I just checked. Good memory. So what was... So let's talk about... Oh, getting it out. Getting the word out. How do you gain traction? Basically, that's a great question, Pat Flynn. No, just kidding. So for his podcast, I mean, what we've basically done is it's on katenorthrop.com. We talked about it. We Instagram about it, face a lot of social media activity about it. And I think from traction would be if some of the times 
you know, I know Danielle Laporte's episode that we did with her is our top download because she shared she it. She emailed it to her list. And it was really grateful <laughs> Thanks, for Steve. that. You know, but we didn't ask her to do no, that. We didn't and ask I never her to would do have it. expected it. And she emailed it out to everybody that downloaded it. So that's one way is like with guests, they might share it. You never know. Like some guests that we have, I don't think Moby has shared our podcast. I'm pretty sure Moby has okay, never Moby. shared our podcast. I don't think Moby listens to our podcast either. Um, I also don't think so. No, I don't think so. And that's where, like, I don't, we don't expect them to do that either. You know, so I think. I just want to have the conversations with people. Correct. I feel like it's such an honor that they would spend an hour answering whatever question we have. Yes. That's really, it's, it's amazing <laughs> to give your time to do that. Yeah. And so for all of our guests. So it's really up to us. I mean, one thing that we've tried differently is running some paid advertisements on Facebook. We have? We tried it once, oh. we, but we need to go back to it, I think. I'll tell you. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. So, well, first, before we do that, I just want to say exactly what our schedule is for sharing, because I think people like to know, you know, when you say a lot of social media, that's like, what does that even mean? Okay. Oh, so yeah. here's exactly what Good we point. do. The podcast goes live on Tuesdays on Libsyn, on iTunes, on the whole situation. It also goes live on katenorthup.com. Then on Tuesdays, a scheduled post goes up on my Facebook page with the link to the podcast and the graphic and the description. Then on Tuesdays, I also get emailed the graphic and the specific link to it for Instagram. So I do an organic Instagram post. We used to do scheduled Instagram posts that were pre-written and like every single time they went live, I would go back and look at them and not like what was written and edit it. So I just decided to make a blanket policy in our company that anything that goes on Instagram, I have actually posted in the moment live organically. We might change that policy. I'm always open to it, but that's what it is right now. So that happens. So there's always an Instagram post and a Facebook post that happens on Tuesdays. On Wednesdays, the podcast goes out in our mailer with the blog. So the blog goes out on Wednesdays. If you're listening to this, you're probably receiving that. But if you're not, you can go to katenorthrop.com and opt in. So you get the blog on Wednesdays, the podcast, and also something else like a more for you to check out. So that happens on Wednesdays. And then usually on Thursdays, I will post the quote graphic from the podcast on Instagram. And it also goes out on Facebook, I believe on Thursdays as well. I'm not as good as re at remembering to do it on Instagram, but I need to be better. So that's kind of the schedule. We also have a graphic that gets created for Instagram stories. So now that everyone has the swipe up. Not everyone has the swipe up thing. Oh. You keep thinking everyone has it all because you do. They don't. Okay. You're verified account. I'm not a verified Instagram account. Oh, you're not? No. Oh. That's why I thought everyone had it because well, I'm not verified. Okay. You have. Okay. Well, let me edit this. When my account got the ability for in the stories, the swipe up to go to the link, we started doing an Instagram story image that says swipe up to listen for the podcast. So it's essentially the same graphic that gets created, but our graphic designer just does a Pinterest version, an Instagram version, a Facebook version, and an email header version, and a blog header version. So it's not that much extra work. He just like makes the different formats. Of course, I don't know, Joe, how much extra work it is. But anyway, <laughs> that's what happens with all of that. And, you know, I think I talked to my friend Tara, who does the creative... 
Oh my gosh. I can't. I live. Tara Gentilly. She's awesome. She has a podcast, which I cannot remember the name of it, but it's great. So helpful. Matt, maybe you can put that in the show notes, whatever Tara Gentilly's podcast is. She allocates a certain amount of funds each month to just brand awareness, paid advertising. So this is a more profit, power, and pursuit. Thank it. Thank you. Profit, power, and pursuit is her podcast. But she allocates a certain amount of funds each month just for brand awareness. So it's really hard to gauge like, okay, well, I ran this podcast Facebook ad or Instagram ad. And like, you might not necessarily see a huge increase in downloads from that. But at the same time, if you decide, okay, I'm going to spend $500 a month on just like brand awareness so more people recognize my face, then that is going to overall impact your bottom line, but it may just not be a direct ROI, return on investment. So I think that in the coming months, we will probably start to do a little bit more of that. But for now, we have not run really paid advertising except for one time, and I think we only did it for a hot second. Is that true? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it would those be are interesting. The ways we get the word I mean, out there. I, truthfully, I would say the from our business in the last year since we started this podcast, our podcast has not been a focus of like not at all. We're going to grow this platform, right? And I think that could change into the future. I could see us focusing a little bit more to build the following a little bit more, or build the listener base. There's some things that we could do probably differently and put a little bit more attention onto it. But really, that hasn't been the... It's been like a side hustle, as Chris Guillebeau says, his new book. He will be an upcoming guest on the podcast, right. Chris so Guillebeau. His new book called Side Hustle. I should, we should get it and read it before yeah. we have him on. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm a big believer in reading people's books before they come on the podcast. Not everybody yeah. who does podcasts reads the book first. No, I, 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 there's been people on here that I haven't been able to get to their book before they came on. I personally, I just would have trouble doing the interview without having read the book unless I know them really, really well. But if I know them really, really well, I probably want to read their book anyway. So that's me, but everybody's different. And I know Lewis Howes doesn't read any of the books that his guests have written before they come on the podcast. And I think that's really ballsy. So well, go, go Larry, <laughs> Larry King doesn't do any research before his guests come on. Unbelievable. He knows what they do, but then right. he just, it's the he power goes of for it, for asking it. questions and listening. That's what he And it about. is. And I actually think that that is, there is something refreshing about a conversation that might come from somebody who's really fresh to your work Correct. and like literally knows nothing. So you would ask questions perhaps that other people wouldn't. And I, you know, I listened to a Lewis Howe's School of Greatness podcast with Glennon Doyle. And I have to say, I've listened to a lot of Glennon interviews and it was one of my favorites. And he's clearly not like a huge Mamasteri fan. Like he just, you know, so I think it's kind of cool yep. to have an outside perspective. So I do also agree in the future, we may make growing the podcast a much bigger focus, but I think we've done really well for having not had it be a focus. And certainly if you want to make your podcast your primary thing, I really would study what Pat Flynn is talking about. And there are a million other places on the internet to learn, but Pat Flynn's awesome. We know him. Yeah. And I actually bought his course the last time it opened up. Oh, great. So we Did can you go ever through. go through <laughs> No, I just, it wasn't the right, we were moving. No, like. I have to tell you, we just like this past year, origin and moving have been our focus. And so yeah, twice, yeah, not the podcast, but we've kept at it. And here's another thing. Like we are the tortoise. It, this is slow and steady. We mm -hmm. show up every week 
There's an episode every week and we're consistent. We're there. And so do we have like impressive stats and like bells and whistles and all these sponsors? No, but we may in the future when we make it more of a focus, but we only have so much bandwidth and I'm personally kind of totally cool with that, but we've had really great results and people always come up to us at events and say like, I love your podcast. I listen every week. So we have diehard listeners. And to me, I would rather have a small group of diehard listeners than like a bunch of dabblers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Raving fans. Thousand true fans, right? Correct. So yeah. That's it. Let's go to the, no, I think just the review and we'll give Tony Robbins's journal away. Oh, we're giving away Tony Robbins' journal. Okay. That's what we announced in the last podcast. Okay, great. Because that's what I found when we were cleaning. Is this review something we would like to read publicly? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I think so, yeah. Do we still do the giveaway if somebody writes a nasty review? That's the question. Well, we probably just won't read it. I'm not like if somebody reads it. What's the point of that? I, there's, I don't think it's helpful. <clears throat> no. Okay. If somebody writes a nasty review, then we're not going to read okay. it. Okay. Who is this person who wrote a review? Anna Golds. Is it Goldstein or oh, Goldstein? Oh, hi, Anna. I know Anna. Yeah. Is she it, has self in the city. Is her and I was just on her podcast. Is it Goldstein or Gold, Gold, Goldstein? Goldstein. Thanks for listening she in, says, Anna. I did not know that you're a listener. I love the topics they cover and how they give a behind the scenes look into their life and business. Great. I love it. All right. Well, if you go to Instagram at Mike J. Watts and send me your address, Anna, I will send you Tony Robbins. Like via direct message? Yeah. Just send me a direct message. Yeah. Can you do that even if the person doesn't follow you? I believe so. Yes. Actually, yes. Because that's what Gary Vee said is a tactic for building your social media following. Oh. It's really for businesses in the area so i'll just repeat what he said since i brought it up or else i'll leave you hanging but you basically find somebody especially if you have like physical goods in your area like you can search now let's say i take portland maine what have been the top posts in portland maine today and i can go in there and say hey let's connect i got this great idea that i'm trying to expand in this area so you direct message these folks with like it's pretty much a canned response all the way around but you direct message them and he goes 75 percent of people won't get back to you. But that 25% that do could really bring revenue into your business. So Anna, you should be able to direct message me because what it will happen is it won't be, it might be show up in my, I have to approve it like to come through if, if she doesn't, if we're not actually friends on, like if I don't follow Anna, her. Anna, we are also or, friends on Facebook. You can feel free to just message me. But, yeah. But thanks for the review and we're sending the Tony Robbins book to you. Now, what are we giving away this next week for a review? So for you listening now, you can leave a review and we will do another giveaway. We can, you want to give away a copy of your book? I think, yes, that's a great idea. So we will be giving away a copy, a physical copy of Money, A Love Story. It will be personally signed by me and you can leave a review and then we will send that over next week. And you can choose either the audio because we have some, we have audio coupons. Okay. Or the physical copy. Or the physical. I obviously can't sign the audiobook. Correct. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening in about podcasting. And we will see you next week. We have an awesome interview for you. And it'll be a surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Bye-bye. Surprise. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. This is Kate, and I have a special invitation for you, which is to a free workshop that I'm teaching called the Sustainable Success Workshop. This is a three-part 
video workshop. You can get it for free over at sustainablesuccessworkshop.com. And it will teach you the strategies that I've been using to do less, yet achieve more, uh, more revenue, more time freedom, more creative fulfillment, and to work in a way that we can imagine doing for years to come without burnout and without exhaustion. So if you feel exhausted and burned out by the way you've been working, if you feel like you have too much on your plate, I want you to head over to sustainablesuccessworkshop.com. You can get on the list over there for the workshop, and I promise you what I am teaching you have not learned before. The number one comment we have gotten from this workshop is, why did I never know this stuff before? Mind blown. So head over there and I will see you for the workshop.